So piping hot the press. Piping hot. Piping hot. Um, well, not so hot now because it came out a couple of days ago. But I still want to talk about it. I still want to talk about it. This uh, issue with Blake Griffin um, signing with the New Jersey Nets. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. It always happens. It always happens this way. You always... Uh, it's a LeBron formula. You know, you essentially have top-heavy team trade away all their assets for um, two big guns, three big guns. You know, trade away everything else, mortgage the house, do it all. And then, just because you have a core that is so good, you start having all these other players come to play for free. That's what's happened for the last amount of years with LeBron teams. He trades away everyone. They trade away everything to have like a super core. But then everyone comes to him or them for the veterans minimum. They, they get waived. They somehow find a way to, to, to just end up where the rich get richer. You know, so it's smart. It's smart because I don't, I certainly don't believe like through building through the draft, you know, it's, I mean, OKC was probably the closest team to got anything close to that. Um, you can argue that like, obviously Golden State, right? But, you know, if you have like a success rate of like one in <laughs> how many years or whatever, like I, I don't really know. I don't really know if it really works. And it also has to be the fact that you have to, for one, have luck out and have generational talent. You know, you have to have one guy who essentially might have changed the game forever. And another who is considered one of the best shooters of all time. All right. Draymond, whatever. He, he's, he's kind of overrated. I mean, he's, he fits them. But, you know, don't get it twisted. Without Stephen Clay, Draymond is just another guy with hot breath, just just shouting up up and down the court, getting technicals. I mean, he 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 fits them. He fits them. He fits them. Um, and you know, he is definitely an asset to their team and their system. But again, without but you need the system, you know. But yeah. Um, you, you have them, and then you have the OKC trio of obviously uh, Harden, Durant, um, and Westbrook. But you know the the issue with building through the draft is it it seems that it just takes you know the, the process or take like the Joel. I mean, we'll see now. You know, you know with the Joel and Beeb, how many drafts have kind of gone to waste? I think the. Norell's whatever his name was, he was on on Philly. He, he's out of town, um, and then they had the one kid that essentially you know broke his shoulder and couldn't. He's on Orlando now. Uh, Markel Fultz, um, he you know he was part of the process, and he's out of town. So essentially, from the entire process, I think you have like two people left. And how many years have they been going at that? And like, yes, if ultimately it results and culminates in the in the actual championship, then do, do you say it was worth the wait? We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, I don't really know how much of this you'd still even consider the process. <laughs> I think it's just a catchy phrase, you know. But um, you know, in in, in that, 
you know, you have two people left and it's completely, you know, they weren't extra, extra relevant. So they had to make a trade for Tobias Harris um, and, and really Jimmy Butler is when they were very, very relevant. But still, again, it's you, you need trades. Trades are the way to go. I don't believe in like just stacking picks and stacking things. I think you stack assets to bring in a proven player. You know, it's just too much variability to know whether a player will become a superstar in the league. And then even if they do, will they have the right pieces around them? And then even if they are the right pieces, will they be the right chemistry? You know, it's just too much variability. It's honestly, I don't know. I just, I just believe in that, you know, you, you build, you build this team up, you pick through the draft, you know, the first year they have potential second year. All right. They're, they're knocking on the door of making the playoffs, right? You know, we, we have potential. These young guys just made the playoffs. Then third year. Okay. Now they're really in the playoffs. You know, they're, they're making noise for, for trying to get to the conference championships. You know, then fourth year, this is the year they are going to, to try to actually compete for a championship. And if they don't do that fourth year, if you get to that point, that's it. Because after that, after they do have a performance in which they are able to take the team to a, a possible championship, one of them is going to want to get paid, if not two of them. So you're going to always have to have make, make a decision because one of them is going to want a max contract and you can only, you can only hand out so many max contracts. So you're going to have to pick... You, you pick it, you know, and that and that's what essentially Oklahoma, Oklahoma City had to do. You know, at the time, it seemed like they were stuck between a choice between, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and now it seems like they made the wrong choice. But at the time, it seemed they had to pick between paying Ibaka or Harden. And for whatever reason, they picked, you know, Ibaka and didn't seem like there was going to be enough money left. And... You know, Harden went with the money and he was paid handsomely by Houston and the rest was history, which again, and you know, in hindsight, you look back and I'm glad because that definitely created another bona fide superstar generational player. A lot of people give Harden a lot of flack. I love Harden's game. I mean, I think he's crafty. I think he's the most out of shape, unathletic looking guy that just flat out gets it done until the playoffs. But regular season, I mean, he is just, uh, you know, he is just, a, I really like his game. Like, I really do not think he's selfish. Um, I think he always makes the right play. I think he scores when he has to. I think he passes, um, you know, um, you know, I just like his game. You know, um, again, as a, a guy that likes defense, <laughs> I, I think he could probably try a little bit more. But I think a lot of it is this narrative that, that he doesn't play again. Um you see some some questionable things on defense, but then the rest of what you do is you just hear people say he can't play defense. But how much do we really know? You know, I always hear some people they're like, oh, yeah, they don't play any defense, and then I'm always like, well, they're kind of up there in like steals. You know, it's like you know, or this this you know this, and I like Kawhi Leonard, but it's it's been this notion we've been hearing for a long time. Oh man, Kawhi Leonard is a lockdown D, and I'm like. I don't know. He tested 
get scored on a decent amount for lockdown D. You know, it, it's just a matter of like a lot of it is the narrative that you hear. And so you're like, all right, well, the experts are saying it, or the players are saying it. So it really must, it really must be true. But yeah, um, that being said, I actually haven't talked about why, why this trade and what is, well, bad for some, good for some. Um, obviously, it's good for the New Jersey Nets overall. Bad, I think overall bad for the league because now you're having again. At this point, you just kind of think like, I mean, by and large, the, the Nets are beyond favorites to win it all at this point. You know, um, it's obviously bad for the West. But the person, if he does not be careful, the person that may single, the single person that this may be the worst for is not LeBron. It's actually Kevin Durant, in my opinion. And this is why. Kevin Durant has two championships. He left the Golden State Warriors searching for a team, searching for an organization in which he could bring out of the dust of irrelevancy and and make them a title contender and be the best player on there. So he goes to another conference and finds himself to the trash New Jersey Nets that are now relevant. So he's accomplished that. He brings Kyrie Irving with him because he knows he can't do it alone. Good. At the beginning of last year, we're all excited. This is the most parody that's been in the league. It's big twos all over. No more big threes. No more super teams. It's great. Anyone can win it all. Let's see who's the biggest big two. Unfortunately, that narrative has shifted again. You now have another super team. Getting better by the day. There's talks of them getting possibly Andre Drummond as well. You know, this creates a situation for Kevin Durant where if he does not win it, (laughs) if he does not win it, I mean, he has heaped a lot of pressure on himself. There's going to be pressure on James Harden too, just because he's never gotten done in the playoffs. But there is going to be rising pressure for them to get it done. And that's the last thing you want is pressure on your back. And that actually takes pressure off LeBron's back because he's like, what was I doing? You know, I have to beat these super teams, you know, even though he's kind of always had a stack team himself. But that's for another segment. But Durant is creating a situation for himself where if he wins it, the narrative might become if it was just him and Kyrie and he did it in New Jersey. It becomes, he went to Golden State and helped them win because they weren't going to win it without him. And then he went to New Jersey and brought a trash franchise, a championship. That was going to be the narrative. And that was going to elevate his status on the all-time great list. Now, even if he does win it, it becomes... He had a super team in Golden State. He had a super team again in Golden State. 
and now he has another super team. Well, I still have to see him do it without a super team. That is the problem with what's happening and what might be Kevin Durant's issue. Now, let's not even talk about if they do not win it. People are going to forget about all the injuries because they're going to say, mm-hmm, he looked good. He looks good. He was leading vote getter in the East. He looks like his old, the old self. So, you know, I would be very cautious. Obviously, you know, you, they, they need it, but it's just a matter of... The thing is, you could probably get a player better than Blake Griffin at this stage in his career. You really could. That doesn't have the name of Blake Griffin. Because that's the problem. It's not going to be... It's not going to be the... You know, there's just some players, especially with this group, uh, that they think, oh, God, it's going to be, you know, Lob City Blake Griffin, and he's back. Like, suddenly, because he's back with DeAndre Jordan, he's going to turn the clock back to 2013. No. Blake Blake Griffin is on the end of his career if he's not already done. But that's not how people are going to see it. People are going to see this as he had a stacked team. A stacked team. You know, and, and we're not even talking about DeAndre Jordan himself. You know, but... It is what it is. So if I were Kevin Durant, I don't know if I would be super excited about the narrative that is starting to become of the New Jersey Nets.